Now, today's episode is one we recorded live in Toowoomba, Australia, in a pub. Uh, and it already has an intro, so it doesn't need one. So this is not an intro, what I'm doing right now. This is, uh, in fact, an ad. And if you hadn't figured that out yet, the whole point of the podcast is for us to shamelessly promote and plug stuff. Do you get that? But in still, if you like the podcast, then you'll like this one. And that is, this podcast is coming live to living rooms in Jacksonville, Orlando, and Tampa, Florida. And, of course, it's free. The tickets are available now. You can sign up for a waiting list. You can name your own price. If you're in the BC Club, your spot is guaranteed. You just have to go sign your name up for it. Uh, if not, please sign up for the BC Club. That's how we have this kind are able to travel, fly to Florida, drive to the shows, and perform this stupid podcast for free. That's how it works. So please, join the club. If you don't want to, just come for free. We'd love to see you www.badchristian.com forward slash bcpod live. That's where you go to sign up. Uh, so, yeah, now you're asking, well, when is it? When is it? I'll tell you. Let me look. 429 Orlando, Florida. 430 Tampa, Florida. And 51. Yes, that's the fifth month, May. 51 Jacksonville, Florida. Seating is limited, so please go sign up this instant. Go get it right now. They're going to be full and you won't have any space. You won't be able to get in if you don't go get them right away. Surprise announcement. Good news. And guess what? There's another cool announcement in the break of this episode. Again, thank you to the BC Club. We met BC Club members in Australia and this whole show that you're about to hear from a pub in Toowoomba, Australia was coordinated by Ben Archer. He's a BC Club member. And now I can also say a friend. Thank you, Ben. Ben is also the one that does the real intro when I throw to the music and it kicks in here in just a second. But you know me, I had to get in here and, you know, me talk for a little bit just so I could keep control of how stuff goes. Anyway, live episode from Australia. Hope you guys enjoy it. Let's do it. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's up all you Aussie Outback Steakhouse eating, foster beer loving, budgie smuggling, banana hammock lolly bags? Yeah! This is Ben introducing a three-man, well, a three-and-a-half-counting Joey podcast wrecking crew who've been taking over the internet since 2013. If there are certain words you don't like hearing, then you may need to leave. If there are topics you don't think should be discussed, then perhaps this podcast isn't for you. But if you feel like having a beverage, getting real, especially here at the Spotted Cow, you're in the right place, Aussies. Let's give us a cheer. So here's Joey, Matt and Toby, and there's only one thing left to say. That's not a knife. This is a knife. Welcome to Bad Christian Podcast. (laughs) Give it up for Ben Archer, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, hold on. I'm We're ready. in Australia. We're I'm in ready. Toowoomba. Let's do it Aussie style. Kookaburra, 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 kookaburra sits in the old like gum tree. Mary, Mary King of the bush gum tree. Kookaburra laugh, kookaburra gay, your life must be. All right. How you doing, Australia? <laughs> it is good to be in Toowoomba. All right, so, so first of all, the thing that occurs to me that, that I can't understand at all is Toby and I have been in a band for 
14 years now we've been, yeah. right? Yeah. And so we go places. We've, we've worked really hard to go all over the world and do tons of work to where we can go places and there would be a crowd. So we have we sold almost half a million records. We have six albums. We've been all over the world. We've yep. played thousands of shows and, yeah. and studied music, done everything worked we could. Worked so hard. And so some, sometimes when we go places, it's not that much of a shock that, that people could maybe bring us to Australia to play our music. But here's what I can't understand. You guys are here, and really what I don't get at all is, Joey, how in the hell? <laughs> how, how did this happen that somebody could fly you to Australia to be here at the Spotted Cow? What did you ever do? You hear yeah. all the work that Toby and I did to get where we are. What did you do to get here? I endured fat jokes. That's it. That's all it. I did. <laughs> I, I mean, I stuck with it. Like, what is your 10,000 hours you put in to get here? I mean, what, what, just, you just hang out and talk with your friends on the internet and look what you get to do. I know, it's awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Joey, how have you been enjoying your time? This is your first time. We've been, this is our fifth time here for Matt and I with Emery, but this is your first time here. What do you think? Well, I was humiliated just a second ago because I asked for a short white. Right. And the guy looked at me, and he was very nice, and he said, you, is that the same thing as a flat white? And I said, yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's been great. I really think Australians, and I'm not just saying this, I think Australians are so nice. Like, I have not met one mean Australian. And, I mean, I know that's probably the same thing as, like, lumping you guys all together as Australians is the same thing as just calling all Americans from New York City all the way to Austin, yeah. Texas, Americans. But I'm telling you, Australians, you guys are nice. Nice as hell. So, it really is. You. you know, something I was thinking about, too, is uh, there, I think there's something that we have in common with Australians more so than we sometimes we do with other people in our own country. So if you will, I want to talk a little bit about the accent thing. So we, we're all from the south in the southeastern United States. So people say we have a southern accent. So now when we moved to Seattle to start our band, we moved out there, and they, they don't have that at all. They talk what, what they – the Midwest – and the whole West Coast in our country, they're jerks, and they think that, that they actually believe that the way they talk is like the right way, and they, that they believe they don't have an accent, and they think that that's totally normal, and then everybody else has accents. Now, they, when I go into Starbucks there and order a coffee, that sometimes the people out there in my own country will say, where are you from, Australia? Yeah. They'll say, and sometimes they'll say, are you from South Africa? And sometimes they'll say, are you from England? So, in a lot of ways, we have a lot more in common with you guys in the way we even talk, believe it or not. And here's what pisses me off about it is, if I think we're, we're right and feel kindred with you guys, because what, I think what happened is, obviously the language is English. So, people in England speak the way the language really is. So, if anybody has no accent, it's not the people in Kansas and California and the people in the movies, it's the people in England and you guys, and we still talk more like they do. Yeah. But in the 50s and 30s and 60s, Hollywood and American culture dominated. So you had all these people that happened to be on the West Coast. And then they started exporting all the media. So everybody thinks that, that that's the normal way to talk. But I would argue they actually have the most accents. They've perverted this English language <laughs> farther from yeah, the original. So 
so we're with you guys on that, and that, we and screw that, those people. That That's, happened to us on this trip. Joey and I are from uh, Charleston, South Carolina. We had to f- we started at uh, JFK in New York, and then went to Dubai, and then went to Adelaide. But we're in JFK, and we're just looking around. I mean, we're, we're from the south. We're looking around, and a lady goes, oh, "Oh, can I help you?" And I just started talking to her and saying, "Hey, we're trying to get to the international airport." She's like. And we just talked for a little while, and then halfway through the conversation, she goes, "Man, you guys have a long flight to get back home." And yeah, I was, uh, exactly. I said, I, "I'm in. I'm from America." <laughs> so, I mean, they didn't even realize. No. So the people in our country that say they have no accent, they they actually have perverted the language even more because yeah. when they England came over colonial, we talked that way, and eventually later on, people moved all the way out and started talking that weird way. So keep it real. Thank you guys. Yeah, baby. Hey, so I was walking around a huge park in Melbourne. I want to ask you guys a question. I was talking to my wife about this on the phone. She literally thought I was lying to her. But so I'm, I'm jogging around and I see like this guy, and I think he's a homeless fella. And he's, I'm, he's exercising, but then he's basically doing this. Let me put my mic down. This works real good for the audience at yeah, home listening yeah. to the audio podcast. So Joey, Joey still doesn't quite understand podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Still so, didn't quite understand the audio yeah. format. For our listeners I, at home, I was Joey, hoping. I hope I was for hoping our you listeners guys at home. Narrate. Joey was eating pizza. Go yeah. ahead. There was a homeless man eating. So pizza. basically, making like uh, wing motions with his arms, and I was just like, "Wow, that's that's sweet. That guy's kind of insane." And uh, poor poor fella. Well, the next time I go jogging, then I see two females like college age doing the same thing. Do you guys have like an exercise program where you're taught to walk around a lake like doing vulture motions with your arms? I mean, it's just unbelievable. Like I've seen that so many times now exercising and it seems like it's like a insanity sort of thing. Well, I, I've told this story before, but so the first time we came here to Australia, uh, here, here's the thing, like I, I'll be... 100% honest. And Please I, be honest. I just got to be honest right It's now. not that That's one of our values. You can so be honest, man. My first experience with Australia is uh, is Paul Hogan. Like, I thought everybody here, I mean, I thought everybody seriously had a giant knife. You all knew how to kill alligators, how to survive, like how to use your... your so you got it from the movie Alligator Dundee? Yeah. <laughs> is that... <laughs> Do they have alligators here, or is it just crocodiles? Do y'all even have them? Everybody said they're up in Darwin. Do y'all even have alligators... The, 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 I mean, crocodiles are everywhere, though. Not, not in the cities. I, you know what? Here's the thing. Uh, one more thing. I don't think you guys are really anything like Crocodile Dundee. You all live in the cities, and you go, oh, the Outback. <laughs> I went there one time. Uh, you know, we, and that was it. And, and so I don't even think you're all that crazy. But also, the other thing that I've – the only other things I've had before coming to Australia was there's like a – in America, it's like three or four serial killer movies where you just, if you're outside of, you know, Brisbane, if you go, oh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a drive from Brisbane to Sydney, you die from a serial killer. It's all, yeah, it's, <laughs> that's what happens. It's right? all it's, Wolf it's like Creek, all the way across the outback. <laughs> one out of four people get killed by serial killers in the outback. So that's all I knew. But uh, first time we got here, we were at this place called Club Bang, and it was in Melbourne, and. Uh, we just got done playing our crazy shows, our first time in Australia. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, man, our band that we worked so hard on has brought us to Australia. And it was a sold-out show. It was humongous. It was really cool. We were on, a, on tour with a band called Story of the Year and Flogging Mountain. Anybody there at, at that show? That's, what, 10 years ago probably. So we go to this bar afterwards, and I'm standing there, and there's an Australian. And what I think, it, I mean, from what I've seen in America about Australians, he looks completely Australian. He has red hair. And khaki pants and giant teeth. 
And I was like, oh, so everything they told us in the movies is true. I mean, it's real. <laughs> he was a walking caricature. Yeah, yeah, for totally. Sure. He was yeah. like, hello. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher your accent right now. I'm just gonna go for it and butcher. He was like, hello, Mike. Uh, and we talked for a while, and then he said, uh, I gotta tell you. You're my third favorite singer in the whole world. <laughs> uh, is that is that British? I'm doing British now. No, you're doing good. You're good. doing great. Keep okay, it up. I'm going to keep going. And I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool, man. I'm in Australia the first time. I'm the third best singer in the whole world. I said, who's number two? He said, Freddie Mercury. I was like, oh, wow, man. Freddie Mercury's my favorite singer in the whole world. I said, I'm in great company. I said, who is number one? He said, what's your other lead singer? Devin Shelton. <laughs> <laughs> I went, good God, I didn't even make two. Like, Devin is number one. I couldn't even beat, make he, Devin beat Freddie Mercury, my favorite singer of all time. And I couldn't even do that. So you're known as the second best singer in Emory, yeah. basically. Totally. Oh, for yeah. sure. In that's Australia, awesome, that's my thing. That's awesome. And then Devin quit, so now I can still get to be, I get to be number one now, <laughs> for sure. We're on the way to I do have animal, a reflection uh, about Bang, preserve. too. I'd like to get back to, but we can do that if you want to. We're on the way to uh, animal preservation, and our friend Ben, who did the intro, Lone Pine. Yeah, he was he was telling me he's just like, oh, I asked him about kangaroos, and he's just like, oh man, biggest pests in Australia. I mean, people kill them for food; they're just constantly getting in the way and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, I just want to pet one, <laughs> like I just want to feed one with my. That was the highlight so far was feeding a kangaroo, hanging out with koala bears, and all that sort of thing. So. So are they pests big time? Yeah. Getting your yards and all that sort of thing? So I guess it's like the American squirrel, pretty much. Yeah, they come over to America and go to the cockroach farm, <laughs> is what they like to do. <laughs> but the, um, my reflection on going to that club, bang, we played there, like Toby said. We played there it was about 10 years ago, yeah. right? Last and time we, we played, played there, there on this tour. Yeah. And so we were there, and it reminded, reminded us of that story. And when we went there before, we came off of this big show. We just went there to hang out, and we were like the VIP treatment. And so there's all these 19, 20-year-olds in the club, and we came in there, and it was like we were rock stars. It was like we just come play this giant show with Story of the Year. We went in the club. People knew who we were, and they even were playing our music in the PA system, and teenagers are dancing to it and, and stuff like that. So it was, it was totally amazing. It was like this is so real. So I'm going to fast forward you nine years now to, to this trip. So this is – we've said – I like Australia, but – it, this got on my nerves just a little bit. I felt like I feel like you guys have such a good economy. I feel like you guys are so rich. I feel like everybody just does whatever they want here, and it, it's amazing. But I actually felt kind of toyed with because we went back and played a show, and they actually had us come to the club, bang, and play. But the way they do the shows there is just like they hire a band to come in and play that people will like, and then that's before the night gets going, and then you play there, and then people continue to come in and drink and hang out until way late. So the show is like the first thing. So we're in there playing, and so now we're in, in this bar playing, and, I feel, and it's, we're playing this music that's old, you know, 9-, 10-year-old music that we played. And there's people just, you know, casually hanging out in there, paying attention just a little bit, drinking. A bunch of 19-year-olds getting drunk, to tell you the truth. And they're just casually li listening to the, uh, you know, the early 2000s Screamo cover band they're playing. <laughs> so they're paid $45 a piece to go into a bar and buy all these drinks and just, have, just casually have Emery playing over in the corner. I felt a little toyed with, honestly. <laughs> is that, is that y'all are that rich? Y'all just pay $45 to go into a bar and drink. And just have, you know, just whatever. I felt like we were playing classic rock at this point. We've been around so long. <laughs> so emo is like, there's going to be classic emo stations now, right? That's what it is. 
I mean, it seems like you guys don't even care about money. That's what's so uncomfortable for us because we're like, uh, I guess we're penny pinchers, but like all of your food is unbelievably expensive. Everything to us is like, I mean, your McDonald's is like $15. That's crazy. And I mean, in America, that's like three forty. You know what like I mean? Like I've, I've seriously walked into a convenience store here with the intentions of buying gum and picking it up like, I just can't do it. And then I walk out. <laughs> I was like $3, like in America. I, I just everybody go looks and buy at it. It's like we're crazy. It's like, oh, yeah, you, you buy stuff. You just do it. We don't care. You, like, I mean, do you and guys. It's funny. You mentioned, like, when you walk into a restaurant, and we're at, we actually ask, well, how much does that run you around here, a burger? And they're like, it just doesn't matter. Buy just buy a burger and eat it. We're yeah. like, it costs money. Yeah, the, your attitude toward money here is just is similar to like, yeah, it's this really cool thing. You just give them the money and they give you whatever you want. See, simple. <laughs> I mean, that, that's you the know, definition like, of a spoiled brat. Like, what honestly. do you have to worry about? I mean, it's, just it's, kinda... it's one of the best things we have. You just you open your wallet, you swipe the plastic, you get whatever you want. <laughs> What's there to worry about, mate? Is what I know. I can only think. I mean, we we go to a coffee shop and get three coffees this morning, and it was $15. And I was like, man, that is like twice, if not more, than what we pay in America. And you guys are like stoked on it. <laughs> like just happy. Yeah. The Krispy Kreme uh, worker, when I went, I bought a Krispy Kreme donut when I landed just so I could feel like I was, had some, you know, tie back to my homeland. Yeah. It was two seventy five for the donut. And I couldn't believe it. I said, how is this way? She goes, oh, our minimum wage is much higher. You see. She, <laughs> she said that it's $16, $23 an hour kind of things, what you guys make here. Crazy. Congratulations <laughs> yeah, to yeah, you guys. Are, yeah. Well, here's what I'm telling you. People don't know this. People don't know that there's this big giant island out here that people are doing better than we are in America. That shocks us. <laughs> but you, you guys are. You're doing better than we are, but we never hear about it because you're not as loudmouthed as we are. But congratulations, you're doing better than us. <laughs> well, well, speaking of traveling from America, so it, how many you guys have all heard the podcast at least once or twice, some, some of you folks here? So we always talk about how terribly awful Joey's body is and how God smote him completely with it. Thank you. So Praise it, God. Uh, even so, even on the way here, Joey and I had two 12-hour flights, and on the way here, just sleeping in a chair made your arm pop out of joint. <laughs> <laughs> like you're in agony, Right. But the other thing that gets us, and this is one that gets us all, is we're here in Toowoomba, and it takes, I mean, it's not that crazy of a drive, but, I mean, there's a little bit of hills and a little bit of winding roads. It destroyed us. Like, I mean, we are all, all we almost thought we were going to have to stop because Matt and Joey and myself, like, we get destroyed by motion sickness. And I guess that's just getting older and older. But, I, I mean, it, it was unbelievable. And, and, the, and the lady that drove the bus was super nice lady. But there was a couple times where I thought I was going to die. But... <laughs> It, I mean, we were all having to find the horizon, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, all I'm doing is driving, and I'm going to be completely sick. I mean, I'm just riding in a car. Well, that's pretty rough for somebody who, I mean, essentially for a living, you spend most of your time, well, time. in motion yeah, traveling. I, I mean, we're on, you're on stage for 45 minutes. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so let's, let's look at it this way. We probably spend a total of three hours performing. Three or four hours performing on this whole trip. Right. And we probably travel a total of like 80, 90 hours in motion. <laughs> so motion sickness is not a good quality for a professional traveler. I, I was thinking today, though, I was like, man, I guess this is why I'm not like a superhero. Because like my kryptonite, like the evil guys would just be like, oh, yeah, just put him like two rows back in a van and he's done. <laughs> it's just vomiting. He can't save the world at all. Put him it's on like, a bumpy it's road. Like the it's saddest kryptonite you could ever have in your life. But one thing I want to bring up, too, is we kind of got into this conversation, but, Joey, you, like, are extremely affected by traveling. 
I mean, like, I mean, you guys listen to the podcast. You guys know that Joey has depression. Like, I, I we had this conversation. It's a better way to say it would be Joey equals I'm depression. I'm out of here, man. Yeah. This is no, 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 Joey, Joey, come back, come back. But we actually had this conversation because I was feeling bad because now we we have done live podcasts several times in America, like on the West Coast, and uh, so we started in Indiana. And so each time that we've flown, the day after. Uh, we fly, you have serious side effects that kind of spiral you into depression. And that happened here in Australia. I just want to like, bring about an observation is we, okay. we ran out of things to talk about and your default is my depression. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Um, I, I, I'm just saying like we actually, the reason I, I had it cause I, I, I want to talk about it a little bit more. We had this, I was actually feeling guilty yeah, because I mean, it, it, it really does affect you. And I, and I wonder, is that like a trigger for you? And also should you never fly again? Cause I, cause I mean, <laughs> like it, it really does. I well, mean, I, you, I didn't you, tell you I this. Mean, but but w- the reason why that's crazy is most people are like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to Australia uh, and I'm going to another country where the first time I'll get to sightsee, I'll get to do all this stuff. And I mean, day two of the trip, you're in like the darkest place you can be. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna totally argue against that, but I did tell you that I I did think a trigger thought happened outside of traveling. But Priscilla, my wife, brought up a, a pretty keen observation is every time I've traveled overseas with her, I did not struggle. With depression. How many times so have I you just traveled think, overseas with her? Um, like three times. Okay, I thought it was only once. Okay, cool. So maybe I just need to bring Priscilla everywhere I go, but then our so kids... So you're, you're blaming have, it on us. No, you, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You're I mean, clearly suffering from altitude-induced depression. I can't have I mean, yeah. what? You're clearly suffering from altitude-induced depression. Everybody, that's clear. Right. right. I think I just need sex, honestly. <laughs> maybe. I mean... Basically, when we You're fly sa- to a new country, we go to a hotel, we have sex, and maybe that's what I need for my depression. Maybe well, that's a natural antidepressant that I need. Every, everybody's here. This is the first time I've heard it, but it happens a lot of times. You guys don't know. Uncomfortable laughing at Joey's uncomfortable <laughs> joke. So basically what you're saying is you're, you don't get depressed as long as your wife services your needs. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, basically I need like, sex yeah. for, for my depression. <laughs> Sorry, now, folks. Now, uh, I think I, I definitely think that uh, I mean, there's no way of arguing against history, and history does and has repeated itself. When we did the West Coast tour, definitely struggled with depression. But you know, and then Midwest a couple months ago. But you guys can vouch for me that I have not been like a hundred percent. 24-7 drag this time. No, you're, I, I no, do think like it's last actually time, better I mean, than it was the hell last trip. for you guys. Yeah, this mean, is I, better than the last trip for sure. So I don't know if that's... Well, uh, I don't like it when you say drag. I mean, you, you actually have a condition that causes you to act a certain way, and you don't, I don't think you have to apologize for that. I think you... I think I want to... Thanks, man. I, I want to talk to you about it in a way that isn't like you have you to feel bad that like, oh, man, I'm in Australia well, and you're bumming people. me out. Yeah, it does affect people, but I mean, I don't think that's intentional. Right. You're not... You're not like, hey, I'm on the second day of Australia, man. I'm going to mess with these guys. I'm going to be really sad. I mean, yeah, I'm going to F Toby It's the kind of today. thing when it's very clear that it, it, as much as it affects me and it irritates me, which it does, it clearly affects you a lot more. You don't owe me an apology. I mean, you're the one that literally can't speak a word at times. <laughs> that, like that, that, to me, that would feel like, I guess, like a... So you were never alone. The new Emory CD. Well, how's it going? <laughs> no. All right. So, there, uh, hey, David, would you get me another beer, please? And speaking of beer, that's make it uh, two. Make it two beers, Dave. 
The drummer of yeah. Emory and the beer runner. Yeah, that's Emory. right. So hey, that's the drummer of Emory and Josh from Emory is around here as well. They're trying to hide out and not talk So to something anybody. that we I think is going on tonight might be a unique event so far in yeah. human history and or at least in Christianity, whatever. I think there's some groundbreaking going here tonight. Dave's going to get us another beer. And if you're at home, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, we are in a bar called The Spotted Cow in Toowoomba, Australia. And Toowoomba, Australia, if I had to describe it to you guys at home, I'd say it's like uh, how far we were, two hours away from a big city, right, from Brisbane. Yep. And uh, this, I think there's 40,000 people here, somebody told me. Something like that? Less than that? Okay, more than that. But it's, 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 you, it's not a village but She said 100,000. Okay, so it's a, it's a small city, correct? Right. So think Wichita, Kansas, perhaps. Yeah. Something like that. Like it's, it's a real city that you've heard of with some buildings and stuff, but it's a little, it's a little bit out there. Yeah. Right. Anyway, we're playing a Christian festival. <laughs> they have buildings here, America. You, you have buildings, so you're okay. I think there's a gas station out there somewhere. No. Yep. And this so, podcast is brought to you by a generator. But. <laughs> so we're doing a Christian festival here called, called yeah. Easter Fest. And you, if you've heard us talk and Emory over the years and, and the kind of stuff we talk about in the Christian music industry and business, we played dozens, m- maybe less than 100 Christian festivals total. Um, here's what's crazy about this. We're playing a Christian festival down the street from the bar we're in right now. It's Thursday night before the festival begins, and this podcast in a pub with everybody sitting out there drinking beers is something that was on the festival's roster, brought over here by the Christian Festival, and there's people over there camping and praying and that kind of stuff right now, and they said, hey, one of our events is this podcast in a bar, leave this Christian Festival, go to that bar and hang out and talk. That's, I, don't, that was, I, I know that's not happened in the United States, yeah, and I, know, I don't know if it's happened here before, but I, to me, that's completely unprecedented. It's unbelievable. It's amazing. Thank you, Australia culture, for actually being that relaxed and loose. It's amazing. Yeah, definitely. So thank you. That's one thing I want to share with the people at home is there's, there's other people that are not as uptight as we are. Yeah. That's great. Can you imagine that at a festival where we play normally saying, hey, y'all, anybody that you know is of drinking age, which is 18 here, that's awesome. Go out, go y- y'all leave our Christian festival and go hang out at a bar with Matt, Toby, and Joey. I, Can I don't you believe that. I, I actually believe it's never happened before. That's unreal. Like I have to give it up to Easter Fest. I mean, this is really cool. They they are just saying, hey, we're just gonna have a conversation. That is so neat. I mean, we go to festivals sometimes where people like uh, we we introduce ourselves and then they only look at our tattoos and it, and their eyes say, hey. It's, I'm gl- guess I'm glad you're here. You're probably gonna spend eternity in hell. I mean, like you know what I mean, like. Like tattoos send you to hell. Alcohol, of course, cigarettes, all that stuff. We were talking about that in the in, in our in our bus today, just about how many people just get it wrong that Christianity sometimes boils down to the things that you don't do, not oh yeah, let's let's go out into the world. Like I just to reiterate what Matt said, how awesome it is to say hey. We're just going to hang out in a city and in a bar, and we'll be there just hanging out, talking, having some conversation. And you don't have to come to the Christian festival where everybody's Christian and they're trying to sniff you out to make sure that you're one of the ones that they can say got saved. It kind of smells you know like, I mean? like, like faith or trust yeah, yeah. or it feels like, yeah. something like that to me. I don't know. So I mean, what, what do you guys think about the people that write us and ask us, hey, are y'all not worried about the lack of stewardship that you guys practice by talking so flippantly about certain things that other people may struggle with or have a hot button with you guys. And basically what they're doing is it's kind of a backhanded remark 
they're saying you're not being responsible with your right. audience. Right. Well, so, so I'm saying to me tonight is a great encouragement because I'm thinking I'm not crazy. Other, there's other people out there. It's not me, Toby, and Joey. There's unlimited amount of people out there who, who do love God, love Jesus, trust him enough to say you can do whatever you're going to do and we're going we're gonna to figure that out. We're going to trust it. We're not going to try to control, manipulate, and, and use fear to, to control what we need to do. We're going we're gonna to really believe what we believe and whatever's true will be true. Yeah. So to me, that, that's very encouraging. Now, on the other hand, I'm, I'm sure we're getting it wrong. I'm sure, I, I, I'm sure we're not stewarding this microphone well. I'm positive of it. Right. I, I don't know what to do different, but I am positive that we're messing it up somehow. Well, I think for me, the thing is, is I am so past worrying that my life is going to uh, really change somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm fully on board with everybody on earth needs a Savior. I personally believe that is Jesus. No matter what, everybody needs a Savior. So why am I so worried that I'm going to look like him? Because I don't. My life doesn't look like him at all. Like, if you come here tonight and get wasted listening while you're listening to the Bad Christian Podcast, you were looking for a reason to get wasted. It, it, our podcast might have No, it's your fault. That. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Because they Actually, saw you. You have a beer and a whiskey on your table, so that, that's oh, your fault. Man, I drank the whiskey a long time ago. Um, it, but my point is, I mean, if you're, if you're looking for that, then that's what you're going to find. It, it it's, it's, yeah. it's not our responsibility to make sure that people don't drink too much or uh, have sex outside of marriage too much or, or whatever it might be. I mean, you, you can find your own reasons. Everybody here is an adult. So why are we as Christians worried that, hey, man, we're going to be somewhere and then, uh-oh, that person's going to stumble? I'm uh, assuming that all the festivals... Everybody here is doing something bad. Yeah, I think I, all I mean, the festival got... goers that are here tonight are probably going to go back to the tents and the campground and get underage pregnancy because they were drinking here tonight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> let's pray not. <laughs> let's not do that. But I'm saying if you... Not my fault if you do. No, but I'm, I'm just saying... Uh, that, that's what I'm saying. Well, I, I, I don't have a fear be, uh, that uh, my podcast that I'm on is going to lead you to uh, your penis to find a vagina. That, <laughs> that, that's not... If you want to find... If your penis or your vagina wants to find each other, you're going to do that no matter what. You're going to find somebody... Joey's the one that causes uncomfortable laughter. Yeah, you're, <laughs> Good Lord. You are so much cooler when you're depressed. <laughs> that dude's awesome. But, but my point is, my point is, you can use anything, including the Bible, to prove your point. You know how many people do that all the time? You know how many people use the Bible to make a shitload of money? I mean, seriously, or whatever it might be. So why are we so concerned with, uh, oh, no, we, we met at a bar. What are people going to think? Because that is the key. I think we're worried of what people are going to think, not what Jesus is going to think. Hey, y'all listen to this. When Toby is talking about these sorts of things from like an intellectual standpoint, like Matt and I, we're always just like, man, Toby's got a lot of good things to say. What pleases us more than anything, though, is when his talk starts with, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> so we're at a, in a green room before these guys are about to uh, kick ass on stage. Uh, I don't know where we were, but right before an Emory concert, Sitting. and I'm... I'm showing a video of two mega past mega church. Uh, Just go ahead and say who they were. Pastors, uh, Mark Driscoll and Stephen Furtick, and the guy oh. that was on stage basically says, "Yeah, these guys have gotten bad press, blah blah blah." And Toby's just like, "Man, bad press." He's like, "Oh God." Please turn that off, man. Please. I just I don't know if I can take this anymore. This is killing me. Bad press. Whatever happened to just 
you fucked up, man. Like, it's, why I call it bad press? You were falling apart. Like, you, that ruined your next forty-eight hours. Uh, it was re- it, no, it was really bad. Like when I watch when I watch mega pastors, I get very scared. And That's some new I, and terminology. It's mega church pastors, but yeah. I like mega pastors. Yeah, it's like me- a mega pastor. <laughs> I guess you're right. Remember the mega Nintendo pastors. game Mega Man? Yeah, I like mega that. Man. It's called mega, mega pastors. pastors. <laughs> I get really worried because I'm so scared that churches are being built upon men and not upon Jesus. That's really scary. That does not mean that that, that these men are bad or that they, even their intentions are bad. I believe their intentions are great. All three of us but, owe a lot of our spiritual growth to listening to Mark Driscoll. Oh, for I sure. Mean, we love Driscoll. Totally. But, I mean, it, it's an example of a church that I felt like ended up being built on a man, and now it's gone. A church that I worked at, a church that I loved. And so it, it is really scary. And, and when I watch those things, I get really... Sad and uncomfortable, especially the more it becomes about people and money and, and less about Jesus, even to the point where this is where I felt so bad. We're standing in line. We're doing a meet and greet, a VIP meet and greet where somebody paid extra money to meet me. And the guy comes up and he goes, hey, man, uh, he shakes all of our hands and says, hey, I'm a pastor. What can I be praying for you for? And this is right after you saw that video. Right after I saw the video, I was like... <laughs> I said, don't pray for me, man. Just pray for people you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. And he just kind of walked away. And, all, and I was just like, damn it. I am such a jerk. I'm mad at mega pastors. And this guy comes up asking to pray for me. And, and I meant it. I, I, I do believe you only know about, what, 150, 250, 200 people in your whole life, actually. You only know, you can, your brain can only know that many people. So I think that's the people you should pray for. I don't think anybody's, you guys in Australia are not that worried when somebody in Wyoming dies, unless you see this really well-written piece on Facebook where you're like, oh man, I care. I don't even know if that's, I think that's just an emotional response, but I do believe the people you know you should be praying for, and you can, I mean, that's way better spent, but I actually had to go and apologize to the guy. <laughs> I actually had to tell him. Did you tell him why? Like, what Yeah, you were, that's what felt so dumb. I was like, hey man, <laughs> I'm really sorry. I was watching YouTube videos of pastors. <laughs> <laughs> I do that right on my leisure time. <laughs> In my leisure time, I just like to judge mega pastors. I have a YouTube channel called Mega Pastors, and I just watch. But it that, every now that's and then. the tons of things we do with everything. Like there is a certain amount of people, and I know we're the uh, object of that a lot. There's people that I follow. There's people that you see on social media that you follow that you do hate. Yeah. Right. And you you follow them to hate them. Yeah. <laughs> and that, there's a lot. I know there's a lot of people that pay attention to what we're doing because they don't but like not, it. Not hey, uh, and, and <laughs> so, not many people take screenshots of worship leaders that you hate. <laughs> I, I think Facebook is the worst in, invention of all time because I promise you, I would say eighty five percent of my Facebook is I love watching where people are now and what they're saying on Facebook. And just judging it. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's not even like. I, I mean, I don't. I don't even know if I really. I, I don't even know if I totally care. Like it's just like and then the voyeurism. Next, the next five percent is your friends that you care about, and then the remaining ten percent are those people that you're just insanely jealous of their vacations. <laughs> oh yeah. And what's What's funny though, the difference between guys and girls. And sorry, this is probably going to be a sexist remark, but I think all of our wives have said or even done, i got to get away from Facebook for a while. I'm actually going to just yeah. log out of my account and just cancel it for a while because I'm just struggling with looking at stuff. We're just like, let's just keep looking as much as yeah. we can to hate more people. <laughs> my, yeah, it, th- that's the day and age we live in now where my wife fasts Oh, gosh, Facebook. yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, mean that I hear happens. that all the time. Like, how many times do you see on a Facebook feed, hey, guys, just want to let you know I'm signing off of Facebook, and then you have, like, five people saying, oh, please don't, I understand, <laughs> but please don't. <laughs> Matt and I were talking about something uh, recently along these lines that does bother me, and I think probably some of y'all would be able to relate to it as well, but it's just the whole, like, all of us, we see a lot of things in the church, and uh, we're all involved in churches, but we see stuff that we just want to push aside and say, no, nah, I don't like that, but what I think that causes us to do is push aside additionally things that are super important, and the example that I gave Matt is, you know, there has been times where I think the three of us have avoided praying for each other because in our minds, it's just that thing you do in church circles where somebody says a problem, and the first thing you say is, hey, well, let's pray about that, where a lot of times that's probably not the best thing to do right away. Hey, let's actually talk about it. Let's actually see what you're saying. Let's see the, the crap that's behind the words that you're saying. Let's don't just jump to prayer. But I do think we miss out on good parts of being in the church because yep. of our skepticism. And I frankly don't know exactly what to do with that tension trying to figure that out. You think people, out, when they say, I'll be praying for you, it's just a, a thing to say? I, I know when I say that, I pray for them right then and there or else I'll forget. Or else you won't. Exactly. Hey, I'll pray for you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, please, that person, in the name of Jesus, just bless them. I mean, right then and there, so I don't forget. Yeah, I've told so many people on earth that I would pray for them, and I knew that it was the exact opposite of that. (laughs) Like, there was, I was not going to be praying for them. I was going to go back to playing Nintendo or eating a sandwich or something like that, which is just terrible. So an example that I used was there was one time a couple months ago where I said, hey, Toby, blah, 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 you mind praying for me? And not putting the blame on Toby, both of us, I think there is like this tension of, I don't know if, it, and we never did. You know what I'm saying? And I yeah. think that's collaborative. So, so what Joby, Joey, Joby is, Jody? Joby, that, Joby is what us. I call the two of them when they irritate me together. <laughs> right. Um, what Joey's suggesting there is, is, is our rejection and assessment and w- the pushback that we're trying to have soberly. Is that does that actually affect us in a negative way where we're rejecting? Are we potentially rejecting sometimes overreacting to things that are fine and good and we should do? And right. My, my answer to Joey is definitely. Yeah, I agree. One hundred percent. I avoid uh, things in in life now, and it, I mean, I, I just think of this as a confessional way to say it. Uh, I read the Bible less and pray less because I'm so tuned in to what irritates me about other people that do it too much. And I don't have an answer for that. So you asked earlier, do you think we're doing stuff right or stewarding stuff right? No, I'm positive I'm not. I'm positive I'm not doing those things right currently. And I'll just say clearly here, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do different. Yeah. I can make myself do more. I've done that before. But what's the, what's, is there a better solution? Is there a real solution? Am I overreacting? I don't know. Does, maybe, I, I don't know. So that's a, that's a place I'm actually totally lost. Like we were doing a living room show one time and a really good friend of uh, you and Matt's and I've gotten to know him a little bit uh, over the course of last year. But uh, basically we asked people in the room, we're just like, hey, we we really want to know. We're curious. How many of you have contemplated suicide? And I know that sounds like a random question, but you would not believe more than half of the room raised their hands, some with tears coming down their eyes. And the friend of, of these guys immediately said, hey, man, I just want to say right now, uh, I just think we should stop what we're doing. 
let's pray for you guys that raise your hand, you immediately, and I think the three of us could feel it. I don't know. I can't put a finger on exactly what it was, but you spoke up and said, no, let's don't. Why did you say, no, let's don't? Well, here's the thing. As Christians, I think we are super scared of just being real and talking to people. <laughs> like, it's way yeah. easier to go right. spiritual. Right. It's way easier just for you to talk and pray. It's, it's way harder to sit there and hear somebody's shit and, and actually go, I'm going to go there, which is what Jesus did. You know what I mean? The, the woman at the well, he knew what was going on. He didn't go, okay, listen, you're on the high road to hell. It's really bad. Uh, let me just, I, by the way, my dad's God. I'm going to probably save the whole world. <laughs> I'm really cool. I can do miracles. All this stuff. He didn't talk about himself. He just said, hey, man, could you get me some water? Let's just hang out here for a second. I mean, and, and, and a Jew to a Samaritan. Sometimes it, the prayer route is a deflection yes, from, from I, being I, I present. I think it's a safety thing. Because yeah. then you say and, amen and you can move along. You can move on and it's reward. It's the same thing with, with homeless people. You can give somebody a dollar and you go, man, I did something good. But did you? Yeah, you don't know anything. You don't know anything. So I think it's just a safety mechanism that Christians have that's just too easy to go to. It's it's way harder to talk to somebody and be present in that moment as opposed to hey, yeah. let me. Do, I, hey, I'll be praying for you. That's so easy to get out of. And oh there is a gosh. time and place when that is the yeah, right. Of course, it's just prayer not works. Default. Prayer works. Giving money works. Being kind works. I mean, reading your Bible work. All those things. But I think that we have made them like this cliche part that, oh, yeah, that's what we do, and, and, and then it doesn't even mean anything, which is really scary. And I think this is a perfect example of why the three of us constantly tell people we don't want to be seen as these instructors using our podcast time to make sure we get these messages across, because this is a perfect example of we don't know. Like, we don't have it figured out. We don't understand exactly how to work through the tension. We do know, yeah, we should probably pray more together. We also know, yeah, it's just not in us to figure that out exactly right now. So, yeah. Well, I don't know why we have a formula. I mean, like, that that is what is so amazing about the Bible is all the main characters besides Jesus are so messed up. They're like the biggest losers, the worst people. I mean, every chance they could get to, you know, King David? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, look, Jesus said, I can pick anybody in the world. I'll pick these 12 disciples. And they all, all they cared about was like sitting beside him in heaven, (laughs) denying him while he died, not listening, not getting it and all this stuff. And, and, and honestly, I think Jesus had a great sense of humor and just realized, Hey, they they think too formulaic and and this system that they want to follow instead of me. Jesus is not a system. He was a person. He is God, and you and that means there is no system. Like you, you have to figure it out daily and change. The same way as I mean, like it, it is hilarious that Jesus died three days later. He comes back and then he just starts messing with people. Like he's walking down the street with them, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, th- yeah, this dude here." Blah blah. blah. You he think just, he was just clowning? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Just act, he's acting a fool out yeah. there. <laughs> I mean, he, he's just walking down the street, and two two people are like, "Oh, yeah." I mean, that guy's weird. Yeah, he, <laughs> he had, had holes in his hands. That guy's kind of strange. He had a uh, damn just, fish fry. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Then he just, he, he, you know, he just he, all of a sudden he reveals himself, and then they're all sitting up in an upper room hanging out, and he just appears, and he goes, "Man, I'm hungry. You got any fish?" <laughs> like, I mean, that's a zombie wanting food. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus messes with you. There is no formula, and I, and I'm scared that we get too formula. Like, to be a Christian means don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and then also do this, do this, do this. Check, check, check mark, check mark, check mark, and now I'm a Christian. And th- and that just and that's why the world still stays bad, and that's why our hearts still stay bad, and we don't talk about things because the other thing that people don't like to talk about either is as much good as Christians do, and I believe that, and as much uh, 
life-changing events that happen because of Jesus, I mean, sin is is equally just as much a part of our life. I mean, we're all fallen here, and we're all scared to talk about it because the person to your left and right might find out. And that that that's why we we don't do things in a real way sometimes. And it is easier to go, we're going to send a bunch of white people to a a another country and spend a week there and we did something really great as opposed to hey let's let's be real here what i mean what are we doing you know we we just have these lists of things that are good christian things as opposed to okay today i don't know what to expect today might be me hanging out with my neighbor and and playing a board game and tomorrow might be nothing and i'm just a jerk or an asshole you know i mean both those things are equally human and we we don't want to experience those things as all of it needs Jesus, regardless. Yeah, so as far so, as being open and honest, I, I am curious. How many of you, after listening to our podcast, have uh, gotten X3 Watch? You got an X3 Watch? Nice. Who, anybody else? Australians? So there, yeah, so there's one guy that's really open and honest and a bunch of <laughs> damn liars in here. <laughs> no, everybody else doesn't struggle with pornography yeah, on yeah, the internet. Not, yeah. But if you don't know about it, it's, you know, the three of us use this x3watch.com forward slash bad Christian. And uh, I mean, it just goes back to exactly what Toby's talking about is as Christians, a lot of times we're not honest. And the reason it's just easier not to be honest. It's easier to be like, yeah, I looked at porn last night, but I don't want to tell anybody. I know it's probably best that I do. I just don't want to. It's easier. And so this prevents you from making that choice of not being able to tell because you have to. It's out of your control. Yeah, and if you're just one of the random people drinking in this bar that we're in, maybe I'll tell you what X3 Watch is. (laughs) 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 X3 Watch is software that Toby, Joey, and I do use to uh, monitor our web browsing behavior. We, 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 We actively want to seek to not look at pornography, and sometimes we want to look at pornography. That's true. We think it's harmful. We think it's detrimental. We think the best solution is accountability. We think that the best solution is being honest and telling people about it. It's just, it's just, you know, that's just the way it is for us. X3 Watch is software that we use. They sponsor this podcast. This is a paid advertisement in a way, but it's also something we use and, and believe in. Um, I don't know how that translates culturally down under or not, but, you know, pornography is a thing that we, the three of us do struggle with. X3 Watch, uh, it sends reports of, of what we wind up doing on the internet. And if, you, if you're interested in that, it's x3watch.com forward slash bad Christian. Yes. Okay. So this is also normally where we take a break. We're not going to do that tonight. But if you're in the listening audience, we're about to take a break. We'll be right back. All right, so when we have our sponsors in the break here, we appreciate it so much that you support them, and we appreciate so much having them here. But today I have something more special than just that. Today I have more of an announcement. And if you hear this background music, that's a clue. It's King's Kaleidoscope playing. Now, you might remember a long time ago, King's Kaleidoscope released an EP and live videos called Live in Color. We helped them do that, and it was a great, wonderful success. Awesome. Everybody loves it. Uh, they're such a good live band, and you guys all know that, that they've decided to and have already completed another live studio EP with full videos. And this time it's like intimate studio performances of songs from their album Becoming Who We Are. And this one's called Live in Focus. And it's just, you know, cool versions, re, new arrangements, and it's totally got that live, raw, intimate vibe. Great stuff. You are going to love it. And the best part that I love to announce more than anything This thing is going to be free. Yeah, free. King's Kaleidoscope, us, Tooth and Nail, and a bunch of other partners are working together to make this thing come out and be able to get it to you for free. 
So, starting Monday, April 13th, they're going to have a new video each day on a different website. Desiring God, Andy Mineo, uh, Wednesday will be Relevant Magazine, Thursday will be at HumbleBeast.com, Friday will be NewReleaseTuesday.com, and Monday, April 20th, right here at BadChristian.com, will be the final video premiere as well as the free audio download of the EP Live in Focus. Now, all the info you will need is not hard to keep track of. Just go to kingskaleidoscope.com, and they'll show you each video, when and where it's going to premiere. And don't forget, right here, Monday, April 20th, the new King's Kaleidoscope Live in Focus EP. Download it for free. You're welcome. All right, and we're back. <laughs> and so, uh, what? What? One, we're going to do a couple more things here. We, we actually we got at least three more things we want to accomplish tonight. Um, number, we you guys know we'll have the news a little bit later. You guys know about the news with Toby. All right, whatever. <laughs> um, but one thing that we don't do normally, but we like to do it live podcast, is hear from an audience. We have a wireless mic here. Yeah. So what we want, we want to do is uh, take questions from you guys. They can be totally about anything, um, anything in the world. If you want to ask about uh, this podcast or Emory or American culture, we can probably clue you in on that. But one thing we'll do before that is, um, I, I don't know how Australians are with this or not, but I would like to deliver a little science can we do that? Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Yeah, I have a little. You don't sci- know how Australians are with science. I don't know how they yeah, are. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're like in in America. The Christians are anti-science, so they won't hear it. I don't know if that's the case down here. Yeah, you guys like science here in Australia? Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> Astrophysics, chemistry, cellular biology. This voice sounds so scientific. I just yes. picture scientists talking. She like sounds this. hot. Evolution. <laughs> and now it's time for science lessons for Christians. Because when it comes to science, Christians are stupid. <laughs> all right. So all I want to talk about tonight is something that Toby brought up the other day, and I thought, well, let's let's just explain it a little bit. We're in Australia. We're yep. in the Southern Hemisphere, right? And one of the common things uh, that comes up all the time is people like to say that in Australia, the water spins the opposite direction when it goes down the toilet or in your bathtub. Yeah. So this science lesson is very simple. It's not. I don't think it's controversial for Christians at all, but interesting nonetheless, because two things, it's science, number one, and number right. two, I get uh, the opportunity to kind of bust a urban legend or conspiracy theory or whatever it is. Yeah. So, does the water spin backwards in the southern hemisphere from the way it does in the northern hemisphere? The, the typical answer for that is there's something called the Coriolis effect, uh, and that would, and that, that is the, that the, uh, <laughs> I just think what? Sorry, that made me laugh because I was thinking about toilet water, and I was thinking it was called the cornhole. No, it's not effect. the okay. It's not the cornhole sorry, effect. Not it's the, the corn- Coriolis effect. Okay, sorry, right. I totally misunderstood science. All okay, right, so the ahead. Coriolis effect says this. It says that when there's something spinning, like so, it's often in reference to the Earth spinning. So the Earth spinning, its rotation causes things to be apparently deflected from their trajectory. So let's say you're at the equator and you're traveling north, and the earth spins to the right as if you were looking at a globe, right. then your pathway, you're trying to travel straight north, but your pathway would be deflected off to the right because the, the actual planet that you're on is also spinning. Make sense? So 
in a very real way, that is why we have uh, hurricanes in the northern hemisphere that spin up the east coast in a clockwise direction. There's, they, they, they form and they spin, and that, it, that attributes why they spin. When you see it on the radar, why they spin that direction. That's the Coriolis effect because the earth is spinning and it knocks that thing that way. Now, in the southern hemisphere down here, you guys have cyclones. Am I right? So that we call them cyclones when they're in the southern hemisphere. They spin in a counterclockwise direction and roll oh, off okay. the other direction. That's the difference than a tornado. No, a tornado is a, a very local vortex that oh, okay. is, not, is not related to that. But in the big systems with the hurricanes and cyclones, a cyclone is a hurricane in the southern hemisphere. Oh, okay. And then a typhoon is what? And the, isn't that a hurricane too? I didn't do any research on that. I no idea. <laughs> I'm not actually any good at science. Give them a that. break, <laughs> Joey. Um, so is what's often, what people often say is that your things go down your drain in the same way. Now, that's not actually the case. We can bust the myth there. That's not really a thing that they spin backwards or forwards or clockwise or counterclockwise. Um, there, if you put a bunch of water in a bathtub, that water is so disturbed and it just has its own stuff going. And then often what would happen typically is stuff would drain straight, straight down. No yeah. Stuff, there's no circular motion whatsoever. Right. And if there is circular motion, we'll just say the motion of that water already has a little bit of momentum in one direction or the other. And then as it gets down closer to the drain, there's more force, just like an ice skater who gets there, goes tighter and tighter, goes faster and faster. So whatever the momentum of the body of water is, it would naturally be increased as it goes down toward the drain. Okay, so it's not the size of the boat, it's the motion of the That's ocean. That's right. Okay, cool. Exactly right. So, to, in order to, science. So, so although there is a Coriolis effect, in order for it to matter for a bathtub or a toilet or drain, you would first have to get the water, at, it's such a negligible effect that you would have to get the water absolutely still to where you were in a, like a totally controlled environment. You have to let the water sit there for 24 hours before you could even do it. And then maybe maybe that would cause it to go one direction or the other. But in almost every circumstance, the shape of the tub, the shape of the sink, shape of the toilet, and the way the water comes into it is always the determining factor of which way the water will spin. It is not, in fact, the Coriolis effect itself. Wow. That's pretty interesting. That's I it. I like it. Hey, I just want to say to you how you interact with Matt during the science thing. There's no reason why the fourth grade should have taken you three times, man. You're really smart You're right. with the science stuff. I mean, it's pretty awesome. So why do we – can we just get rid of the Coriolis effect? No, we just, it works on the hurricanes and cyclones and oh. all kind of – it's like a, it's But like not in the, the toilet. In the toilet, it's out the window. Or down the drain. Down the drain. I used okay. to be extremely enticed with being in the bathtub as a kid, like when I was 14, play, after playing with my toys and stuff. And then seeing the water go in like that, and it just started getting violent. It was yep. awesome. That's a, that's a vortex in relation to the aperture at the bottom with the volume of water. Very cool. And it's kind of cool, stuff. too. Have you ever been outside, and you've seen a little localized handful of leaves, like, turning into a tornado? Yep. It'd be cool if you could, like, throw a bunch of dirt on it and make it a tornado, mm -hmm. and it would kill people. And, and it's, it's kind of uh, like... Uh, and I might be wrong about this, but I think tornadoes could go either direction. They're just a vortex that occurs, and it go either one. So, Dang. again, Coriolis effect. Yeah. Science with Matt, baby. Oh, yeah. Let's give it up. So, right. tonight, so tonight I learned that the Coriolis effect is stupid and that tornadoes are bi. That's right. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. All right. Tornadoes have a sexuality. Yeah, they, they can go either way. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. <laughs> the tornado. <laughs>
All right, so let's see if we can do any uh, questions here. So, you know, you don't need to think about it much. Is there just anything you want to talk about or know or do? Ben back here has the microphone. We already have our first uh, volunteer over All here. All right. Man, you're, you Aussies are awesome. Americans, they never want to raise their hands. They just, uh, it's sad. So this is exciting. Man, um, I want to know how many times did you flush the toilet in your hotel room to find that out? I've been researching for, like I said, it's our fifth time in Australia. So I've done, I've done a lot of toilet research on that. The, 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 thing about the, the thing about it that's really crazy is I actually believe that myth. I thought, oh, yeah, that, that'll be awesome. I can't wait to get to the Southern Hemisphere the first time we came here 10 years ago and see. Now, our toilets in America, they do swirl. They swirl. I think they're mostly built to go clockwise, which would be in keeping with the, the, the thing there. But in Australia, the toilets, don't, they don't even do a swirl. They just do this really aggressive straight down the pipe. You push the half button yeah. or the full button and it just blast like a pressure washer right down the hole and just sucks the dude. He, yeah. he was about to bust you for wasting their damn water. Well, that's what, what I was about, about to say. To nobody, nobody tells you about the double button. In America, you got the one handle. So I, I was just hitting that half flush about 15, 20 times. I was like, why <laughs> won't that, that thing go down? <laughs> what is wrong with you, Australia? I probably wasted an entire ocean. I, I seriously. nobody explains the half the half wash at half least flush. three times on this trip i've taken turns to see what each of them do so all right well this one uh oh, okay. toilets are so fun for us i'll tell you what i'll tell you what 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 is i think a, a weird thing is how and you know a hotel is a big business i mean it's giant business is it not and big businesses are not typically known for being environmental i find that a little ironic how aggressively hotels want to suggest to you how much water you can save yeah, I know. For, for the purpose of the environment. Yeah, I know. You use half or with your towels. Maybe you shouldn't use towels. I don't know. Reuse we care towel. about the environment. They say every little bit helps. Yeah, I know. Every little bit helps their, their, their the account, bottom line. Their bottom yeah. line, I know. Yeah, for sure. All right, we got another one? Hey, I, I was just thinking maybe you should tell everyone what those hats mean and maybe convert a few more people to your team. <laughs> All right, tell us your name, sir. Uh, Phil, sorry. All right, this is Phil right here. Phil is the bartender here and, tonight. And owner? Are you owner, bartender, what are you? Owner. He's the owner, okay. Yeah. So owner. Phil is the owner of the Spotted Cow. This is a true story. We talk about Clemson athletics sometimes, not, not even very often at all in this podcast, but it's no secret Toby, Joey, and I are all Clemson Tiger Clemson University fans. We walk in this bar in Australia. We order our first beer. The guy spots a C, a, just a little C on Joey's backwards hat and says, is that Clemson? Yeah. That's awesome. All the way down here in Australia, and he recognizes Clemson University football, asks us about the Oklahoma Bowl game this year. It kicked ass. You're right. We blew out Oklahoma. No, he, it kicked us. It kicked us. Uh, and, and to me, that's, that's insane. That you can go. Um, we grew up near Clemson, South Carolina. We're all the way down here in Australia, and somebody's into college football. Awesome. And not only college football, but he knows the, the team that, that we like. Toby, Joey, and I are all wearing Clemson hats right now. I didn't even realize we did coordinate it that way, oh, but that's, that's crazy, we kind of always do that. But then here's what, here's what I'm not so sure about. In America – we're kind of rife with these hipsters that like certain football clubs and other countries and stuff like that. You know, it's like a super hip thing. So is that how, – how is it, Phil, that you're into American football? Is that just like some way to prove that you're, you know, an international hotshot or something? Oh, well, I know that I am. No, it's more that I'm a, I'm a massive baseball fan. So, uh -huh. yeah, and I used to just trip over watching college football on uh, Sports Center. 
I'm just, it's, I, I prefer college football to the NFL. I think it's great. I completely and the, agree. And the new playoffs this year was awesome. And like you said, I think Clemson will be good next year. I, I totally, I, that's just too unbelievable mm. to hear you say that. And you, obviously you know what you're talking about from all that stuff. But what, do, do, you, do you like the football as, you like it as good or as better as Aussie rules or rugby? Uh, actually. Or soccer? Uh, probably, yeah, I do. I think, I'm, I'm actually a big believer that if, if the time zones were different in Australia and we had more uh, NFL on Sunday mornings, it would be probably bigger than Union, but not as big as League or AFL. Union's declining in Australia and we do a big Super Bowl party here and it's getting bigger and bigger every year. It's five games a, year on, five games a week on free-to-air TV for NFL. That's, awesome. so that's the main one. NBA is pretty big, but... For me, it's mainly baseball. Well, we're doing a great job of exporting the American culture. You got the football. <laughs> you got our. You've got our podcast coming to your yeah. bars. We're going to continue taking over. We so. actually were like a search party sent from America. We're we're going to be invading you guys soon because it's really cool here and we. This like is it. a research group. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going to change the outback to all casinos. It's going to be amazing. We're playing. No, what's funny about that to me though is like you guys actually care about the rest of the world and are into it and, and know things like like I, the, the the other bartender over there. I said I'm from South Carolina. She's like I know where South Carolina is. I used to live in America. And I was like, oh, like I, I never knew anything about Australia before I came here. And even when I talk about Australia to like my family, I just I would just had to explain it in American terms like that. I was like, so like oh, do they you've have been to Outback. They, they said, do they have sports <laughs> over there? I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's called rug something. It's like NFL football. You know, it's a little bit different. <laughs> so and, somebody <laughs> would have come to you when you were, you know, 30 and said, and you said, where are you from? And they said, Queensland. You just said, no, you didn't know what okay. continent that was no. on. No way, I thought I would have said it. That sounds cool and foreign. Cool, all right. Neat. So, do you guys roll your eyes and discuss when y'all hear about Outback Steakhouse? Do y'all even know what that is? is y'all, are y'all just like, that's the dumbest thing ever? Y'all don't even sell ever. Fosters here, do you? I mean, I mean Fosters is that. Is we know that. Beer. We're just teasing when we say that. <laughs> we just get y'all riled up. Do we have any more questions out there? There we go. We Come can back. do serious ones, too. Yeah. <laughs> that was a serious one, Clemson football. No, that was good. This one definitely isn't serious. Going back to the science lesson. <clears throat> Uh-oh, I feel you know like what? somebody's about to get Uh-oh. busted. Or that? You know when anybody goes, want, <laughs> That is the danger of doing science in front of a lot live audience. <laughs> that is true. Are you hard with you two? No, not at all. No, okay. no, no. Okay. I'm just wondering if you know what effect it has. As the bloke pulls the plug out of the plug out of the bath, what, what effect it has on the Coriolis effect if he farts in the bath? <laughs> if you fart in the bath, he says? If you fart in, he the, say? in the bathtub, what effect does it have? It, it's really all about angular momentum is, really, yeah. is, the, is the thing you have to, to consider. Whichever direction your anus and sphincter are pointed, well, you would be causing an angular momentum in that direction that would likely affect totally affect the, the motion of the vortex through the aperture much more than the Coriolis effect would. Well, I want to be told we've been we've been really transparent tonight. This has happened to me, where I was, first of all, I've talked about this on the podcast before. But sitting in a bathtub, you see your whole body in half in water and half out. It's not that great. It's kind of sad. So you need that, to use bubbles next well, time. Yeah, whatever that choreo. Yeah, bubbles bath just makes bubble you, that makes way, your yeah. body look so much better. But there is an effect if you're going to fart in the bathtub that blows my mind literally, where. You fart, you see the bubble underwater, and it comes up, and then you smell it. <laughs> and, it and that's like a, a terrible human thing where you're sitting in a bathtub to get clean, you pass gas underwater, it comes out of the water, and then you smell it, and you're like, oh, my gosh. 
I gotta try that again. <laughs> <laughs> that worked. That's Toby's fart bong. Yeah. <laughs> it really is crazy how that never gets old. No. It, no matter how old you get, you're like, oh my gosh, there's bubbles. I just <laughs> farted. <laughs> All right. So uh, seriously, typically when we go to the question part, we have the people that ask the really difficult, you know, Christian questions and cultural stuff like that. Um, if we don't have any, that's fine. We can move right on to the damn news if we need to. Who's, do got some, any... who's got some more questions? You guys got some more, I'm sure. How you going? Oh, I should come so you can see me. Um, one, I'm Josh from Brisbane. Josh from Brisbane. Uh, I do have one question. You All talk right. a lot about not wanting to be uh, role models, uh-huh. but it's like a celebrity. Um, celebrities that don't matter, they end up being role models just because of mm-hmm. people. Yeah. How how do you respond to that? Like how, how because people will look up to you. Yep. So would you change your behaviour or anything? I don't expect you to, but how do you respond to something like that? Like when when the, you will become role models, like if, if you aren't already. So right. You're saying that regardless of whether or not we accept being role models, people will choose to modify their behaviour based on what they see from us, regardless yeah, exactly. of whether we want them to or not. Yeah. I think uh, the, the, my simple answer, and I'll let it rest here, is the best thing that we can say as people are looking at us as role models is don't look at us as role models. And, and what I'm saying is I agree. They continually will. Well, the best message that they can hear as they do is, hey, keep, keep thinking about that. What are you really doing? You know, make, make sure we continually say, hey, we're not worth looking at that. And then, in turn, oh, wow, that's an awesome thing for them to be able to hear and model after. We can't model after them. Let me see if I can flip that question a little bit in that here's what I do know is people that accept the, the title or the role of role model is such bullshit. So I, I know that. They just I, I can't stand it when somebody goes, I'm a role model. So now I got to manufacture an image because I know that what I do is so important that it will affect people. And so it's not genuine. And I think, I think we're on the precipice of that. I think that's what people are seeing now is in the people that, that accept o- overly being a celebrity or role model, it's, they, they're taking it too seriously to the point where they're manufacturing their image, which only points to the fact that they want to be a role model and they want to control people's behavior. And I don't think that is a good role model. I just don't think that's a good role model. So if I'm a, whatever I am is just what I am. If it's bad, then it's at least true that I'm bad. At least that's, at least that's real. And so I, I do struggle with that. And I'm sure there's stuff I say or do that negatively impacts people. But that, it does. Well, what's crazy too is think about all the people that do accept that role as role model and then they acquire all these people looking at them as role model, and then they fall into a horrible public sin. Whether they, and then fall, what whether they fall or not, it's it, it, you can't live that way because now you're become, you're being something that you're not really. I agree with really that. Really being but, so, but what, it, fall or not, you're, you you put yourself in a bad situation where you your your whole reality is not even uh, it's not even a real one at that point. Yeah, like I agree. You, you're managing. The way people see you, and that that affects me. I, I like it's better for me that I'm a guitarist. It's better for me that I'm an entertainer. If I go to a party, I'll probably be more. It's more interesting what I do than other people. And I, you know what? I like that. I I need that. I would be afraid to lose that. 
to tell you the honest truth. I'd be afraid to lose the fact that when people find out what I do, they think that's neat. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I know if I accept that on a deeper level and really pursue that, it's not. It's not going to be good for me. The more. The more power. The more respect really that I have unduly it, it will be bad for me so to take myself as a serious role model I'm positive would be bad for me so I could start there and and if I can say that honestly maybe that'll affect everybody I don't know I don't know what it'll do what but I love to do is, I get to talk yeah what I love too <laughs> is how like later we'll we'll hear from people and they'll actually say hey I know you guys say you're not role models but we are looking and I mean our answer to that is okay well, I, I think we're going to influence people positively and negatively. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we just are. Because, I mean, we're fallen humans, and we don't get it right, and we mess up a ton. So I just don't, the th- I, I just don't want us to be worried about that. Everybody here is going to mess up. Somebody here lusted today. Somebody here gossiped today. Somebody here worried today. Somebody here did whatever wrong that they could do because... You, that is a part of your nature now, and that's what you do. So I don't, I don't understand why we're so worried about that. Like, I mean, like, like the truth is, why are we so worried that a group of people might get together and talk about Jesus, but there's alcohol in the room? But we're not worried that we're all totally convinced that we need a house, and, you know, the, of a certain size, and we need a car, and we need a good job, and we need this, this, and this. Like, I mean, like... In, that's in the, super profound. I'm going to go pee. Okay, cool. Uh, it, but in the whole scheme of things, like honestly, I mean, one of the, the, the biggest things that sticks out in my mind in the Bible is when Jesus talks to the rich man and he does, the rich man has done all this awesome stuff. And then Jesus says, okay, well, you did all that stuff. Hey, give up your money. It wasn't about the money. It was just that he couldn't give it up. And, and, and that's where I'm at right now. Like there, there are things in my life. I don't have such a strong hold on me, like safety or health insurance or my cars, or my house, or all this stuff, that I, I wonder, would I give that up if Jesus asked that for me? And so so are we really worried that somebody's going to drink too much, and that's the big key to being a Christian? Or are we really worried that if we can stop homosexuality, that, that, that all of a sudden, oh, oh man, we did it. Like, like the things that we get caught up on as Christians are just, it, it, we don't even see the, the giant planks in our own eye. I mean, seriously, like, I mean... Well, do we need what we say we need right now? That, that, that could be a huge sin. So if, if, if there's so much stuff that goes under the radar uh, living in this life, why am I worried that I'm telling you that, yeah, that, man, I, I have drank too much. Yes, I have. Uh, on this tour, uh, people watched at the airport and looked at girls' butts or boobs or faces and thought things that I shouldn't have thought. I mean, that, that, that stuff happens. And I'm a Christian. And Jesus is still Lord, he's still powerful, and he's working on me right now. And so I just don't want to get caught up in, hey, man, as long as we don't see like we, we've gotten to huge discussions about this, and I don't know if you guys have heard all our podcasts. I thoroughly believe, and this is controversial, that God doesn't care about sin as much as us. What he cares about is you, you, you right there. The, the, the sin, it, I mean, he created Adam and Eve, and, or he created humanity even, uh, to love us, to be in a relationship, and that's what he—that's what he's getting back. So, I mean, the, once we are fully back in a relationship with God, those things won't matter. The, the worry, or gossip, or hate, or racism, or uh, overindulgence, and things that we shouldn't—those things won't matter to you anymore because a relationship with God would change all that. So, I, I do think that if if I'm worried what you think about me, then that means I'm worried about you and not Jesus, and and so that that can't be good. 
But I'm so glad I have another beer right now. Thank you, Dave. All right, so we got so the questions usually come on late. We can do a couple more if you have them. But raise your hand up if if you got more. I think we're get we're gonna start opening up. Let's go here next, Ben. Pass. Oh, sorry. I'm gonna. We're just gonna start here. You got one too next. Hey, and and this is Ben Archer. He brought us here. Can you guys give him a round of applause? Thank you, Ben. So cool. I mean, it, he, he is such a cool guy that brought us all the way to another country. It's pretty amazing. Um, well, I'll, I'll stay on Ben Archer for one second. We'll probably hear from him another time. But, but Ben is actually a member of the BC Club. Yep. He's not just a, a, a guy or works with a festival or a promoter. He's a, he's a listener. He's a supporter. And I, I think you're the advocate that, that calls us to be down here in Australia. I really appreciate it. Uh, uh, how's your experience in the BC Club? You like it? It's good. You got a microphone? Tell them how good it is, please. <laughs> Yeah, it's really good to be a part of um, what you guys are doing and in particular the discussions we've had today have just, um, yeah, there's something I think that is really important, particularly like, we've got about 60-odd people here in this room listening and cheering on with everything you're saying that you're definitely tapping into something that the church here in Australia needs to hear. Well, thank you, Ben, for being a part of the BC Club. Yeah. We appreciate it. That's what, that's what literally fuels and causes and enables us to, to, to do the podcast at all or have this microphone or recorder that we're sitting here with. It's from the BC Club. Thank you, Ben. Yeah. All right. Question right here. I'm going to be that butthole who asks a really super serious No, that's good. That's what we were looking for. Um, I do a podcast that's myself and an atheist friend of mine. What's your name? uh, My name's Nathaniel. Okay. uh, And uh, we talk about just various issues and from both standpoints of Christian atheism. And one question I get asked all the time as the Christian guy on the podcast is, how do you explain rationally, uh, uh, like, natural evil? So, for example, like, children who get bone cancer and things like that. Like, uh-huh. if God's so ever-loving, you know, ever-present, all that kind of stuff, then why does he not intervene and stop that kind of thing? And I, I'm still stumped to this day as to how to... Do you want to get a plug-in? I'm not... I mean, it's totally fine. Do you want to get a plug-in for your podcast? Not, not, I didn't actually, but yeah, believe you me. But feel free, I'm just saying believe feel free. You I, me. And believe the reason I me. say that is because I love podcasts. Yeah, I don't feel too. competitive about them. I hope everybody in the world starts, starts one. I think mm, it's yeah. great. But what's yours? Believe you me. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were just saying believe you me. I, no, no. Well, <laughs> yeah. Believe okay. you me. I will believe take you a plug. <laughs> believe you me. I get it. Yeah. All right. With that, I'm not going to give an answer. So how would you rationally explain that? Well, first of all, what I want to say is I think that is one of our our strengths that we don't know. Like, I mean, if we if we know everything, then there is no thing called faith. And and the Bible just makes faith seems like it's so important to believe to to, just to go, hey, I'm going to step out. I can't tell you for sure, but this is where my heart is. This is where my brain is. I know it's crazy. So that, that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that it's such a good thing. We're scared of that. Like, there are so many pastors and preachers and, and super smart people trying to figure out ways to prove God. And the, the easiest, I mean, the Bible, Paul, you know, wrote unbelievable amounts of the New Testament. Just says, hey, if, look outside. God's evident. What, 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 I'm not going to waste time on that. Okay. I mean, God's evident. So, so my, my point is I love the very first that you start with. I don't know, man. I'm stumped on that one. That's okay. That, that, that's causing a crisis of faith where you go, I don't know. God, can you help me out? And I, I think there'll be an answer there. Uh, secondly, I know this is crazy, but either God is real or he's not. If he's not real, then God is a made-up thing, and that still just puts the onus of pain and, and, and craziness on humans, even to the point of natural pain, because we just go, oh, that is bad. We recognize it as bad. But in the whole scheme of things, 
we wouldn't know pain, I believe, if there was no God. Like it, it, without God, we wouldn't know good and evil or wrong or loss. And, and, and with that being said, what I mean by that is we chose those things. I, I believe fully that God does not want those things. Like, in, I mean, we're getting a little theological here, but I believe in the beginning, one of us said, hey, I'd like to know something not God. And, and that could have been an apple uh, or a piece of fruit that you bid or whatever. But I want to know not God. And God said, no, you can't handle that. That knowledge you're not going to be able to handle. So it, it went from, hey, I want to know just this one thing to uh, sex is no longer just sex. It, it turns to rape. And different colors of skin turns to racism. Uh, the knowledge of, of what you can be, it, we can't handle it. We weren't built for that. We were, we were built to trust God, Him to be our creator, our maker, our father, and all these things, and we just can't handle it. So that's why, like, a, a, a glass of alcohol was meant to be enjoyed. Some people can't enjoy it because you know what two glasses of alcohol are or 17 glasses of alcohol are, and you know what pain feels like, and so you do something worse to he- fix that. So uh, all the onus to me on pain is always on humans. Like, I mean, either we realize it in a, you know, uh, a, a mudslide in Toowoomba or water, you know, people died and we go, okay, man, that's bad. We put, put this on it or we do stuff that's bad and that's still us. You know what I mean? I, I, I have yet to see uh, God uh, do something bad. I, I hear tons of people saying that God does stuff bad, but they don't even believe in God. So what that means is they think that the people are bad. So I do believe that people are bad, and the onus is is, is on us. And I, I want us just to to say that more that, that we cause evil. We do things that that. So that if there's no the God, then the evil's on us. And if there is a God and there's evil, the what about the craziest notion that people don't like is there is a God, but things are the way they are because that's the way he has it. I guess that's a thing. Like There was that interview with um, Stephen Fry recently where he got asked, you know, you die and you meet God, what do you say? And he said, um, he said I'd say to God, how dare you? Like, and he just talked about bone cancer and children. Right. And, all that. Yeah. and he's the kind of atheist that doesn't believe in God, but if there is a God, God should be held accountable for the atrocities in this world because yeah. he chose not to step in. Yeah, but well, what, crazy, what about... I, I, the reason I hate that is because... It's so funny, that, that, all three that, of us are just like, let's... I know. That is not, <laughs> that is not true because if he was in the room with an eight-foot man with a knife and that man at that moment, it's just those two and that man can kill him, he wouldn't be going, you are bad. No, he'd be going... I, he would beg that giant man That's for right. his life. That's true. Oh, absolutely. He would beg that man to save him from the death that that man could give him. And so that, that's, that, that's, that's not true. That's just a bold statement by somebody. Anybody here that meets God, if God is true, you, you won't you question bow. him or hold him accountable. You bow even, even yeah. it, like, that's what I'm saying. It's not that uncomfortable to me to say, to be quite honest, I believe God's good. I believe the stuff the Bible says about him. But even if he's a capricious, mean God... I, I, I just don't. I mean, he's still he's still the one. It's not. It's still not me. I still whatever he says is still true. I feel lucky. I feel blessed. I feel good. I have faith that God is is not that. But if he was, either doesn't exist, and he exists and he's medium, or he exists and he's bad, or he exists and he's great. And I think he exists and he's great. But any of those things are just what they are. So he, if he exists and he's medium, well, it's. I'll still, I'll still go there. <laughs> let's, let's not forget in the very beginning, God gave Adam and Eve dominion. He said, hey, I'm giving you this. It's yours. Do with it well. And I really believe that we overlook that so easily 
to where now everything that we see in this world, it, like Toby said, it's on us. Like God said, I'm giving you stewardship of it. Like it's like when God gives us stewardship of our bodies and we smoke two packs of cigarettes each day, nobody says, how dare God give us lung cancer? No, everybody would say, well, you shouldn't have smoked. And it's the same sort of thing. We're taking responsibility. And what I think is crazy about what the atheist said is, um, how dare you? Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is going to sound very preachy, but we, we believe that Jesus actually did come when he didn't have to and took on all the evil and all the pain and everything on the world so that people would have hope not to have to be in that shit forever and ever and ever. So, I mean, but that's, that's the crux of our faith, and I don't fault that atheist for not understanding that at all. I guess all. the other thing, too, though, is that, you know, I mean, you said that, you know, we've got dominion, so it's on us. The flip side to that, though, is when good things happen, you know, us as Christians are, oh, you know, praise God, you know, yeah. my friend got healed or whatever. You know, so if God doesn't step in when things are going to shit, but he steps in when things are going, you know, doesn't that... Right. Just... Well, that's us misattributing God's uh, providence is not, I mean, that... To me, that means nothing because I, I see people misattribute that all the time. That doesn't ha- that doesn't say anything about God. To tell you the truth. All right, let's take another question. It was right here. Was the next one? This is a more of a clarification, but I okay. I love hearing you um, rag on um, the youth pastors. Yeah, yeah I, love, I love hearing that. But I'm not I'm not entirely sure if it's just from is if it's just because I'm from the country uh-huh. or if it is a American context yep. sort of thing. But could you um, explain your, um, I don't know, what your, your feelings towards, <laughs> towards that? Okay, that, I, think really said, I think I've said it before, but the, the youth pastor thing to me is, and everybody knows that when you speak in a generalization, that that's a generalization. So, sure, you know this guy that's great. You know this guy's great. I believe that all roles, all jobs uh, attract certain personalities. So we play in a band, for instance. So there's a role in the band, in the music world, called tour manager. And to be a tour manager, you have to be a bulldog. You have to not care what people think about you. You have to uh, be hyper-organized. And to make it in, in tour managing, that just needs to be part of your personality. Your personality will dictate the job that you have. Yeah. So we also, I'd also say that policemen... Uh, and military people are people that may gravitate towards violence or wanting to have a gun. They, those people find those roles. Okay? So when I, when I make fun of youth pastors, I am saying that there's a particular thing about youth ministry that attracts a certain type of person. It's a certain type of role, and a certain p- type of person will thrive there. I blame the culture that creates that goofball guy. I blame the culture for that that wants the guy that, that is goofy and silly with the kids. And it, that, that, I, bl- I believe that's on the parents and the, and the culture for, for wanting that, honestly. And th- those, there's tons of people like that, and they, they, they find that role in general. I would, like to see a youth, I would like to see people assigned to youth ministry that were mature and older people that weren't even interested in the role. I'd like to see them assigned to that role because of their maturity and wisdom about you know, that, that weren't like, it's like a subpar in sometimes, I think it's people who are afraid to deal with adults. They want to be in ministry. I think they often feel guilty 
I think they're guilt-ridden people that can deal with kids and are afraid to deal with adults. I know that sounds crazy, and that's not your youth pastor, this or that. I'm talking about in general, not talking about you, whoever is listening. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. I'm not making it up. It's, it's a, it's a you, you know, I, I don't think I'm ready for the big leagues. I want to go here. If I be silly with the kids, I can handle that. And on the worst end of the spectrum, there's predators that are attracted to that role. I've right. seen that many times, too. We all have. So I just think the role attracts and certain people thrive in certain things and you had to blame the culture and the role that's set there, not the people that gravitate toward the role. All right. All right, we got one more question or are we done? Back in the back? back there. Last one here. All right, last, last question. Do we want a serious one for the last or just a lighthearted one? You want to do a fun one, we can tell. Uh, I don't, I don't, I've got two. If we All want right, to finish ask them both. Ask them both. The first one's kind of small. We touched on it a bit. But with faith, do you think as a church, we've, like as a whole, we've crucially overlooked the fact of teaching faith is actually sometimes saying, actually, no, I don't know that this stuff is true, but I still believe it. Because I feel for myself, I don't know if it's a majority thing, but in church, we're talking about faith. If someone asks you, learn these Bible verses, say this, say that, so that they know that you have some kind of grounds instead of saying, hey, you know what? I believe, but I don't know yet. I'm still figuring it out. Do we overlook the fact of teaching that in churches? I think we do, 100%. I've actually been accused by that before um, just because I'm totally okay with saying, hey, I believe in Jesus and the Bible with all my heart, but I could be wrong. And that just makes people lose their minds. That's why you haven't gone farther in the pastoral right, world. Right, right. So uh, I do think that we're missing out on that. And uh, just, just throwing a, a shameless plug for us, too, on badchristian.com, we wrote a blog post about that as far as how people should view Easter. I mean, there is definitely, when we reflect on Easter, it's like, man, this is some crazy good news. I believe it. I hope it's completely true. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think everybody in this room, if you're honest, you can't say that you know for sure, for sure, for sure, that the Bible is true and that you're going to die and go to heaven. You, I mean, you could say it. There's no way you can prove it. So you're right. I mean, it is based on faith, and I think we miss out on that. And, and I think we take for granted all these little things that actually mean a lot. Like we, we, we as humans always want to hear the big story where somebody was saved from cancer and then they live, you know, but I mean like just, just something simple that happens in the morning over breakfast, a conversation or whatever. That's just as important. I mean, for, for me to be here right now, I mean, I said, hey, I'm going to, I just graduated college and I told my whole family I'm going to move 3,000 miles away to Seattle and start a band. And they all, every single one of my family said, that's a bad idea. Don't do it. You're going to mess up. When you get out there to Seattle 3,000 miles away, don't call me because you're making a bad decision. I mean, family members told me that to my face. And I said, no, nah, I just want to take a chance. I mean, the, what it could mean is just so beautiful. Like, what, what if something happens? And then here I sit 15 years later at a bar in Toowoomba, Australia, because of, of a band I was in in a podcast that I also took a, a giant leap with as well. So I don't know why. I mean, all the stories that everybody thinks are so feel-good and awesome are somebody taking a chance and going, hey, I just believe. I just, I just think. So, I, so I, I think it is so important, and we do a terrible job of it. And, and we do a terrible job of making the faith only about us and only on our human side as opposed to, hey, I have faith in God. God can do all things. So, so what in the hell am I worried about, that he's not going to do all things? No. no. All right, all right, what's, what's your, your zany one? question? 
Uh, it was just you bitched a bit about the coffee being too expensive, but was it better than America? Because from what I can see, Starbucks Damn looks like it, hipster yes. bullshit. Like. Yes, it was. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's really good. It is. In America, we have uh, the coffee's like all is is totally different. Like we, we what you don't have here what, that we value a lot is drip coffee, and so everything to you guys either is espresso or uh, instant. So we do a version of instant coffee, this fresh brew, and people get super hip about the beans and where they are and how they're ground. But it's just like uh, ground coffee with water over it, and it's, that's what we drink normally. So when we're here, we're into the high-level, highfalutin espresso world. Yep. Or it's just instant coffee out of a can. But, you know, different strokes for different folks. If you get a flat white in Australia, we, that's similar to what we call a latte, and we're totally happy with that. So thank you for it. But I'll tell you All this, right. the coffee shops in America have totally changed the culture. My grandma, if she cussed, would say, why in the hell are you paying $3 for a cup of coffee? I mean, it is just crazy in the last 10 years how culture has totally changed. My grandma, she's just like, just buy a $5 pack of coffee at the grocery store. It'll last you for two months. And then just yeah. put it in there, and it'll drip in the morning. All right, thank you guys so much for all your questions. It means so much to us, but yeah. it's I, all been, this has all been a setup for the big payoff for the most important part. Two pitchers of beer, please, now, <laughs> fast. Um, we do this podcast for a ton of reasons, but the main one is for to actually deliver real truth and truth. things that matter. This all just, it's truth. all been fluff up to this yeah. point. Y'all ready to get serious? Are you guys ready to get serious, Australia? In a world where you start a world-famous band and you go to another country and you get a hell of a cup of coffee that costs $75, my name is Toby Morrell and this is the Damn News. You guys ready for the Damn Woo! News, Australia? All right. Um, something that might need bringing up that hasn't yep. been addressed before and let's just get totally transparent about it. I don't okay. know if you guys know this or not, but I do think uh, when we started this podcast, we didn't know anybody would ever listen to it. And so when we did the news segment, we said, let's get some news music. So I got on YouTube and typed in news on YouTube. Yeah. And then I ripped out of YouTube, out of the output into my Pro Tools input, some news music. Yeah. I believe it turns out, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that music is the, the music from the Australian news. Nice. Awesome. That, that actual song is from the newscast. It's like on one of your net BBC. A B so ABC. ABC News in Australia, that actually is the music. <laughs> They're still that. using that now? That is awesome. Oh but we didn't know that. I had no idea what it was. Somebody yeah, told know. me. Can you guys not tell on yeah. I'm not like, from America. Good? I just steal. That's what I do. That is awesome. Okay. So with that being said, all my news tonight, I have three great news stories, and they're all Australia-based. So this is all about you guys. This is just the truth. I just report the truth, and that's all I do. My first news piece is from the Huffington Post. Penis-shaped house up for grabs near Sydney, Australia. You guys are sick. A man's home is his phallus. <clears throat> I mean palace. A house that is shaped suspiciously. Is that, that's a hard word to say. Like a male sex organ is up for sale near Sydney, Australia. For about eight hundred fifty-three thousand. Oh my gosh, there's a vagina-looking house right next door. <laughs> the home officially named Sherwin House, but called Penis House by neighbors, uh, uh, was erected. 
1958 by acclaimed Aussie architect Stan Simmons. Do y'all know him? Is he a famous architect here? I guess you do. Yeah. Uh, it's probably the one and only house he built. Uh, inside the four-bedroom house looks like a series of circles. It is the... It is only from the air or looking at the blueprints that one sees the whole package. According to Phil Vanstone, the real estate agent in charge of selling the property, most of the time the husbands get it immediately, he said, according to the Daily Telegraph. You guys can, uh, you can see the wives nudging them and telling them to shut up. So, <laughs> so how, my question is, we're new here. We don't understand. But, yeah, how many houses here? Do, do, most of you guys live in houses. Do you all live like, in genitalia houses? Yeah. Does anybody here house look like a penis? Okay. Yours does, sir. I worked on that house. You did? Yeah. Nineteen fifty eight. Grab that mic and tell us yeah. more about it. It didn't involve like Vaseline or anything gross, right? It was, no. it, it, was... <laughs> uh, it did involve lube, but oh lord. Um, so uh, my name's David. Um, I'm a lot. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I didn't know David was so funny. But no, sorry. I took offense to that. Yeah. No, I was just proud that you wanted your name attached to the penis house. <laughs> My name's David. I worked on a penis He's ha- totally house. taking over your news <laughs> right yeah, now. Go ahead, David. Uh, I'm a locksmith from Sydney. Yep. Uh, so that's what I do as a profession. Yep. And uh, I uh, had to change the locks on that house before they were putting it up for sale. Wow. What, was it... I mean, Sex- you gotta tell us sexual, more. I mean, yeah, uh, what? We, nothing. Nothing was weird about it. It was just you just changed the locks, or did you like uh, hug it or <laughs> care about it? The views are fantastic. I'll say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> that it, it's just like a dude, though. I mean, isn't that the case? Like, I mean, we tour all over the world. I promise you, I've, I've toured in in so many different countries all over America, and. Every single green room backstage always has a penis drawn in. <laughs> Not one, <laughs> multiple. Yeah, yeah. And, Not, and, I mean, and it's always something funny too. Yeah, yeah. So, so like uh, one one time we were in Dallas, and there's a uh, the penis drawing in this particular green room was it was like a, a two headed penis that was a slingshot. That's the kind of stuff you see. Yeah, you see you see a, a penis with uh, stuff coming out of it. Blasting on the uh, the skyline of the city, you see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just it's a, a penis making a imagine. joke about the prime minister of Australia. That's right. I don't know. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. But here's, here, here's what I realize, and I mean, guys are just obsessed with it. Like, lady, there's some ladies in the room. How, ladies, how many times have you drawn a penis on a wall? <laughs> yeah. The, if uh, you, there's zero hands. Men, how many times have you drawn a penis on a wall? There you go. Answer proven. <laughs> it's, it's like I've never been. You just in a, have to. I've never been in a ladies' There's some bathroom. There's right part now of saying, being, "Are you kidding me?" I've never been in a girls' bathroom, but I imagine there's just vaginas all over the place. <laughs> I'm a, I don't know. I imagine that's. The Did case. you guys have the friend in middle school that seriously spent the whole time during class just drawing pictures of penises? Yeah. Like filled the whole. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was probably you. It was always the dude. Yeah. yeah, it was me. I was really good at it. All right, moving on. I thought this was really interesting. Uh, this also comes from the Huffington Post. Jake Thomas gets bitten by snake even though it was dead. <laughs> An Australian man kills a snake in a graveyard, and this is the fangs he gets. Jake Thomas, 66, was mowing a lawn in a cemetery in eastern Australia when he came upon a red-bellied black snake. Is that just an Australian snake? Red-bellied black snake? Is that anywhere? Yeah. I know. It seems kind of weird. 
red-bellied, but he's a black snake, uh, inside a vase on top of a tombstone in early January. I saw the black snake. It was in a headstone on the grave next to my daughter's, which is kind of sad. That kind of bummed me out. That Then he also got bit by a dead snake. <laughs> but anyway, it, it had stopped moving, and I could see that it was caught in a vase. There was about a, two feet of it hanging out. Um, Thomas, a volunteer at Weiris Creek Cemetery, didn't want anyone to be bitten by the venomous snake, so he cut it in half with his shovel and went back to cutting the grass. A short while later, he came back to get rid of the snake and put his hand in the vase to pick it up. It grabbed onto me even though it was dead, Thomas said, according to the Daily Telegraph. I pulled my hand out and saw two little marks and knew it had got a hold of me. Those little marks left by the serpent packed a wallop. He spent two days in intensive care being treated with, being treated with anti-venom vaccine, according to 9MSN.com, and his hand was swollen for a week. So, I mean, that's how dangerous it is where we are right now. That's Even right. dead animals that's right. attack here. Well, just think in, in snake culture, that snake is a legend. I mean, there, there's people thinking, hey, yeah. you remember old Charlie? Yeah. Thing kept killing <laughs> after it was dead. <laughs> that, Step up to the plate, little man. That snake's son is like, yeah, that... that that guy killed my dad, chopped him in half, and then my dad bit him <laughs> from the grave. That's yeah. I mean, how many people here have been bit by snakes? Well, you, you're expecting a ha- bunch of hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, Crocodile Dundee got bit by snakes. He probably lived, but you guys, I don't think you're as Crocodile Dundee as I thought. <laughs> That's okay. All right, moving on. Uh, and I thought this one was appropriate for the night that we're at. This is my last story for the night. Charlie the dog's life saved by drinking vodka. How many people here have been saved by drinking vodka? I think most. I know I have. (laughs) Charlie, a Maltese terrier from Australia, was was saved from certain death the first weekend in March by veterinarians who fed him copious amounts of vodka. (laughs) What veterinarians are like, man, this dog's in bad shape. Get the vodka. <laughs> Staff from Animal Accident and Emergency in Melbourne wrote on the facility's blog that Charlie came in with a case of ethylene gly- uh, glycol poisoning. Matt, you know what that is? I'm not going to look it I think it's antifreeze. Yeah, it might be right. Uh, they wrote that ethanol glycol, an ingredient in antifreeze, there you go. tastes sweet but causes kidney failure when ingested. So this dog got a hold of some antifreeze and just... Yeah. Started partying. Um, in Australia, the only antidote we have is alcohol. Alcohol alters the chemical reaction and stops the kidney failure from occurring. Um, Charlie had a tube placed through his nose to his stomach. Over about 48 hours, he was given successive doses of alcohol. The easiest form of alcohol is vodka. It's the simplest uh-huh. form. Uh, in fact, for the whole weekend, Charlie had a huge party with us at the pet ICU. <laughs> the owner said he was definitely drunk. <laughs> he was stumbling around. Uh, I'd go to pat him, and he'd push me away like a normal drunk person. He was vomiting a little and whining like a drunk. <laughs> but it saved his life. So it Char- saved Char- his life. Charlie was just like stumbling around saying, you're the best fucking owner I've ever had. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> you're so good to me. I love when you give me that food. You're the best. I know I tore up that couch cushion. I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> I, shouldn't I love have, you. I shouldn't have run up on that, that female why, dog. Why, I mean, dog. Matt, do you know why that works? Why, I mean, so, so I does that I'm work not sure exactly. Might, it like might. If you accidentally ingest antifreeze, 
drink you vodka. Better, you, better, you start yeah. partying. Yeah, you got to party. But so it, maybe it thins the blood. I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. But here's what I'm thinking about is how irritated I would be when I got the vet bill and it was like, uh, you know, syringe this, hydration right. this, uh, <laughs> two bottles of Smirnoff, $400, $400 each. Because you know how they mark up the, whatever it is. So there's bottles of Smirnoff on their vet bill. There's $200. Your dog's goofing around, drinks antifreeze, and then you got to get bottle service for him. I mean, I could have done, yeah, I could have done, yeah. yeah, it costs the same as bottle service in a nightclub, yeah, basically, to get that. Yeah. So well, it, that, would, that would drive me crazy. Additionally, I have, Got, I got my dog Reggie drunk before, so I do. I have actually have seen that. You have, yeah, I have. How'd that happen? Well, first I got drunk. Right was the first step. Okay, and then I thought it would be funny to give my, my dog uh, some Canadian whiskey. Oh, this is a bad because story. I thought there's no way this he is would not drink. Good because I thought there's no way he would drink it, and he immediately drank it. Unbelievable. Like I thought, it, I was just joking. I poured it in his bowl. I like, thought he ah. wouldn't like it. Yeah, I had no yeah. conception that he would drink it. He he drank it immediately and got wasted, and he turned into a wild man, like a like a just like somebody in a bar. He just went. It was crazy. He was like for weird for, for twenty minutes. He was like the rager frat boy dog that that you can ever believe. <laughs> and then five minutes later, he died. Oh no, 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 no he didn't. Joey. But but thirty minutes later, he he was like uh, running into like falling down, r- trying to climb steps, and he tried to jump on the bed and hit the side of the bed, and it, and he was walking, and his tail would start getting sideways, like it was trying to come in front of his face. You know, he was. He took his fur off, went streaking. It was terribly crazy. Terribly sad. That is weird. The funniest part about this article is it ends with. I thought it was really funny. Please don't ever try to give alcohol to your dog yourself, though. (laughs) (laughs) Right, because they need the markup at the vet clinic. That's why. I know. I know. And that is the news with Toby. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. All right, we didn't have any plan for the ending. We usually end the uh, we end the podcast often with a crack or a joke or something like that. So I don't know another way to do it other than we could maybe have a an yeah. Do Australian we have a, do we have a, a, joke? a person here that knows a, an old Australian joke that would just be funny it's, or just it, a joke? It's maybe. a guaranteed laugh. Whoever does yeah, it, we, 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 everybody we'll, here agrees to laugh. Yeah, we no all matter make what, an agreement. This is your we'll number laugh. one time. All right, this is it. Here we go, guys. This when is the he, end. Whenever the punchline comes, we all agree to laugh. Everybody and die we're laughing, done. no matter what. Um, why did Sally fall off the swing? What did you just say? say? That's the <laughs> slow down. <laughs> why did Sally fall off the swing? Why did Sally fall off the swing? Because she's got no arms. <laughs> <laughs> knock, knock. Oh. Uh, knock, knock. <laughs> but how does she get on the swing? It's a, two, it's a two-parter. Knock, okay. knock. Who's there? Not Sally. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can do better than that. Give them an applause. Give them some laugh. All right, Toowoomba. This is the Bat Christian Podcast. Thank we you guys so much for coming here and time. hanging out tonight. Thank y'all.